This is Dave Chaos, and I'm here with Leo Perron. Leo was the first community radio DJ to play Cajun and Zydeco music on community radio in Dallas, starting at KNON's predecessor, KCHU, and then moving to KNON after KCHU went off the air. Leo, thank you for joining me for this podcast. You're welcome. It's, uh, I'm glad to be here. When I first, uh, first place, I had gotten a uh, stereo system, and I was going through the channels one day, and I uh, came up on uh, KCHU, and a guy said, uh, oh, the voice of the people. So I listened to him a little while, and uh, I called him. Uh, I played some Cajun music. He said, well, I don't have any, and I just happen to have a handful. And uh, we arranged for me to go out there and uh, bring my records. And he uh, played what I had, and I was uh, glad to hear that uh, the response that we got. And uh, when I got ready to leave, he said, well, I'm going to uh, give you a phone number, and I'll get to the station manager and see what he thinks. Station manager called me about two weeks later. I wanted to know if I would do uh, a two-hour Cajun show. And I thought about it a minute, and I said, well, I guess it's an opportunity for me to uh, get on the radio. When I first came to Dallas uh, back in 1965, I could hear a lot of uh, popular artists like uh, Doug Kershaw, Jimmy Newman, uh, Frenchie Burke. And I always wondered how the uh, Ching Ching music would go uh, here in the, the uh, Dallas area. And... Uh, after I went on the air at KCHE, I was getting a lot of uh, calls and getting a uh, good response from it. And, uh, of course, after I was there about a year, I was really looking forward to being there longer. Uh, I went up there one night, and the uh, station was kind of dark, and I had one little 60-light bulb in there. And I went in there, and all the uh, equipment was gone. So, uh, I so they were off the air at that point? Yeah, they uh all the, uh, uh, you know, some of the records were still there, huh. but all the uh, equipment was gone. It was equipment that was uh, loaned from a, a previous station that had been closed. And uh, I had heard about uh, guys at work would talk about uh, KCHU going back on the air, but as of uh, KNON. So I found out where they were, and... Uh, I take it off work early one day, and I was going down Lemon to uh, 75. And what got me, there was uh, some people out there with coffee cans uh, with K-N-O-N on it. So I just went on through and went to K-N-O-N, and I asked the, uh, told the manager there that I'd already had a Cajun show and got a, had a few records and see if... Uh, they wanted to put on a Cajun show, and he said, yeah. So he took my application, and he said, well, it's probably a couple of weeks before we go on the air, so we got to collect enough money to pay for the transmitter so we can go on the air. And uh, what I like about it is uh, I went to work the next day, and I will tell one of my coworkers about it, and uh, he said, you know, that's a coincidence. A guy came over to uh, Knocked on my door, told me he was collecting money for uh, K&ON. He said, "Well, I tell you what, I'll give you some money if you will 
put some uh, Cajun music on. He said, I, I got a friend at work that uh, wants to uh, uh, put on some Cajun music. He said, oh, we've already got that planned. And then they said, uh, well, said, you want me to give him, you, uh, you want check or cash? And uh, the guy said, uh, I would just take checks. He said, make it out to K-N-O-N. And he said, he knew right then that uh, they were legitimate trying to get on the air, not just somebody collecting money. And uh, it, a guy told me about it the next day after I went to work. And uh, anyway, we went on the air, I think it was Sunday afternoon from 3 to 4, and uh, I had no idea that uh, Cajun music on KNON was going to last 30-something years. And uh, I was there uh, thinking about it. Uh, I had a hard time trying to convince the record producers that there was uh, Cajun music in Dallas, and that's all I there ain't no Cajun music in Dallas. I said, yes, and I'm, I'm the one doing it. And they said, uh, well, whenever you get a little write-up or something, they said, just let us know. So I did. And uh, one thing about it, too, uh, when KNON first went on the air, uh, we got a few write-ups here and there. But one in particular, the uh, reporter had said that uh, Oh, that's a small station. They, they're not going to be on stage. They're not going to be on the air, but, but maybe, oh, uh, probably two or three weeks. And I'd like to find that reporter because we're still here. Yeah, well, we're still here. He's probably not. Yeah. So at, at what age did you discover Cajun music, Leo? Uh, about 34. Yeah. And at what age did you discover Zydeco? I started out playing uh, Cajun, and, and I started getting some requests for Zydeco. And uh, the uh, I finally got a hold of uh, one of the uh, record producers and uh, about sending some Zydeco, and he finally did. And I started airing it, and uh, Zydeco went just as popular as uh, Cajun music during that time. And it's still good on the air now. What part of Louisiana are you from? I'm from southwest Louisiana, a little place called Lake Charles, Louisiana. And did the two types of music ever merge in your early days as far as hearing Cajun and Zydeco on the radio and in clubs and at social functions? Were they ever merged together like you did on your radio show in Dallas? I'm not really sure. They, uh, like I say, I was getting some uh, requests for it, and uh, I started airing it. Then uh, also later on, I started airing uh, uh, swamp pop music, and uh, I wasn't getting plus or minus on that. But, uh, but uh, I assume people liked it, so I just continued playing it. And do you have a favorite band or bands? No. There were a lot of things that, uh, there were a few spinoffs from this show over the years, and, and uh, I, I couldn't believe it until I got thinking about it later, just all the spinoffs that, that uh, came about for this Cajun. 
and there were a lot more Cajuns. I found out there's a lot more Cajuns in Louisiana, or in, a lot more Cajuns in the Dallas-Fort Worth area than I thought there was when I first came here. Why do you think that is? Probably transfers and jobs, stuff like that. Probably people coming up here to work, visiting relatives. Just like recently, uh, people, evacuees from the hurricanes, uh, they come up here, that they evacuate here, and uh, instead of uh, going home, they just find a job here and stay. So when you were growing up in Lake Charles, what radio stations did you listen to then? Uh, it was just mainly country. Okay. Uh, there was... Uh, there was a Cajun show, but it was on a Saturday morning, and I think it was about three or four hours long. And uh, I listened to it when I got a chance. And a lot of people, uh, and he was pretty popular. He was out of uh, Jennings, Louisiana. And uh, I think there was a few out of uh, some of the smaller towns, but we couldn't catch it in, uh, in Lake Charles. And why, why did you want to do a radio show? I really didn't want to. It's something that kind of came about. It was just the way it came about, and uh, I uh, kind of took the opportunity. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, I uh, went to, uh, I was passing by this radio station, and the door was open, and uh, I went in there, just uh, killing time, and the receptionist started talking to me. And uh, she said she offered a tour. So I said, okay. Then when we got through, so you got to, you, you think about working for a radio station when you get older. Uh, I'm not sure what I told her. I probably told her no. And uh, I uh, uh, got to visit other radio stations, but uh, like I say, when I went to uh, KCHE and I was offered that uh, two hour show, I had, like I say, a few. Cajun, there's mainly Cajun records, what I had, and uh, the opportunity just was there, and I just went ahead and took it, not thinking I was going to be there, or not thinking I was going to start my uh, radio career uh, at that time. Have you ever had a co-host or anyone else on the air with you? Yeah, I had one in the beginning when I went to K&ON, and uh, it was a... Uh, a woman that uh, she was had taken up uh, French, and she was fairly fluent in, in French and liked the music. And uh, I'd take off once in a while, and uh, she would uh, sub for me. Uh, one time, I think the first time she uh, subbed for me, I'd, I uh, recorded some music for her. And all she had to do was put her on the air. And uh, then I had another one that would uh, come. She was kind of uh, off and on things. She'd uh, come up and uh, answer the phone for me during the pleasure drives. But uh, actually, those were, those were only two in the beginning. And then on, I was by myself. What is your most distinct memory about KCHU? Well, going up there and the... Like I said, I went up there and the lights were off and all the equipment was gone. And uh, I had, uh, and this was like, I had a 9 till 11 show on a Friday night. So that was 
pretty good drive. Then I had I was working long hours then. Then I had to go back to work Saturday morning kind of early. So uh, I still remember that. It said that uh, there was a guy there when I went up there that uh, I don't know where he came from, but I asked him what happened that the uh, station was off the air, and he said, well, the uh, uh, the manager had uh, taken all of, uh, the uh, pledge money and uh, he, he took off with it, so. Uh, Who was the manager? I don't remember his name, that was a long time ago. In fact, I don't think I really got it, exactly what his name was. Okay. So the manager took off with all the money. Yeah, he just took off with all the pledge money. And later on, uh, I kept hearing that, uh, okay, CHU's going back on the air. It was quite a while. Did they ever go back on the air after that? Uh, not as KCHU. Like I say, it was uh, K-N-O-N. They went on the air, uh, K-N-O-N, and... Uh, so when KCHU went off the air, you never got a call. No. No one ever told you anything. You found out no, by showing up to do your show and finding an empty, dark studio. Nobody called, no nothing. I just went straight, went up there to, like I normally did, and it was blank. That's quite a memory. Yeah. Did you listen to any of the other shows that were on at KCHU? Uh, no. It was, I didn't even think about it, I don't think. Do you remember what your pledge drive goal was? How much money they asked you to raise? They didn't really tell us. They just told us to do a pledge drive and hope for the best. That's probably why they didn't stay on, on the air because they probably they didn't raise enough money. Well, they sound like they were just finding their way, huh? Just figuring it out as they went. Yeah. Did you know anything about their famous State Fair live broadcast? No, I, yeah, I heard about it, but uh, that's about it. Uh, I was told one day that uh, they were going to go to the uh, State Fair and open up and get a booth there and broadcast from there, and uh, I never heard any different uh, about that either. Do you remember your last show that you did at KCHU? No, I sure don't. I do. So how did you find out about KNON? It was I was talking to some guys at work about it, and I tell them about how that the KCHE was gone, and I don't know where they got their information, but uh, they told me about it. What year did you start your show on KNON? July 1983. First year KNON was on the air, uh, then, huh? Yeah, that was my first first time I went on there with. Uh, with K-N-O-N, and uh, I'd listen to him on the way home, and I'd get as far, I think it's about 635. I live up in Carrollton at the time, and uh, I could hear him up to 635. Then beyond that, it was, I'd lose him. Yeah, because K-N-O-N was 10,000 watts when it started. Yeah, later on, then when they went to 55,000, uh, I listened to him as usual, and I went home. And got beyond 635, got all the way home, and hey, I could still hear him. What was the studio like when you 
first started in July of 1983, what was the K-1 studio like? Poor. They had a small room that was big enough for the board and two uh, turntables, and they had a nice chair in there for the DJs. And of course, we were broadcasting sitting down. And uh, then the station manager had a, uh, he'd sleep in a closet next to that, and the room. Then uh, there was a, a room that uh, we first went in. Uh, I think that's kind of the reception area, and uh, that's about it. It was wasn't wasn't much to it. Doesn't sound <laughs> like it. So. Acorn was a big part of starting KNON, and KNON shared the White House of East Dallas with Yeah, Acorn. right. What did you know about Acorn at the time you started? Nothing. They didn't say anything about Acorn? No. Well, I, I saw the, you know, they'd have KCHU, the of people, and Agape Broadcasting. And uh, we didn't know who Agape Broadcasting was. The, they had uh, the Hillard meetings, and the people and those guys from Agape Broadcasting would come out there, and uh, they kind of give their little advice, but there wasn't much. What time was your show when it started? Sunday afternoon from three to four. And how many times did uh, the time change before it wound up uh, at on the Monday nights, eight to ten? Uh, I think it changed about, uh, I think they changed my time twice. And as uh, a uh, uh, matter of fact, one of the station managers that was there, uh, he met me downstairs and uh, said, Leo, uh, you no longer have a show. And then this, after I'd done been up there, uh, no, no warnings. And uh, he said, I got guy up there doing, uh, doing a show now and it's time for you and all that. So I didn't really know what to think. I remember his name. I, I remembered it for a long time. And uh, then uh, Ranger Rita uh, took over and uh, she, uh, she called me one day and uh, told me that uh, you know she wanted me back on there so they were getting a lot of uh, requests and uh, get a lot of demand. They want uh, me back up there. So uh, I think she came up, I think it was a Tuesday, Tuesday night. And uh, then I had that for a while, and uh, she changed it from Monday nights from 8 to, uh, from eight to 10. So it's been, uh, I had it at that time, and it's been on at that time since. Okay. Uh, the first Canoan location is stuff of legend. I used to tell people when we were moving out that the longer we are away from those days, the harder the stories from the San Jacinto location will be for others to believe. Do you have any stories from the San Jacinto location that are memorable that you'd like to share? Um, no, not, uh, not what I already said. Anything uh, in the neighborhood or anything that kind of stood out to you about that location? No, it, uh, I really didn't think about it. It just uh, kind of, some, there were times when I 
kind of scared going up there where the people were running around and you, I kind of wondered. Did you ever get your car broke into? No, I was surprised about ones? that. <laughs> I know uh, I went up there one night and uh, somehow my uh, knee hit the trunk button. I think the trunk flew open and, and I didn't know it until after uh, I went upstairs and got on the air and I got to looking out and I was wondering what the light was and it was my trunk. So I put on uh, an album and I ran down there and closed the trunk because there were a few people going by there looking at it. So I thought I'd, uh, I went back there and closed that trunk before somebody got in it. I didn't have anything in it, but... So one of... Um Canoan's annual events is a meeting of all the DJs to discuss Canoan's uh, pledge drive. When was your first Canoan DJ meeting? I uh, don't remember the exact date on that. It was quite a bit later. Uh, and it was at the, uh, the Ben Keith uh, beer distributor. And they were giving away beer. And uh, some, of course, a, lot, a few of the guys went out there and got their share of it. And the uh, church people was kind of leery about it, and they started complaining. So uh, one, uh, we had a few at the uh, uh, Sons of Herman Hall after that. And uh, that was a little bit more secure. I'd see maybe the gospel DJs not be comfortable with meeting at a beer company. Yeah, that, that makes, that's I what it understand. was. Did you get to know any of the other DJs while you were at KNON? I think Pat Avery and was one of them. Uh, there was a couple of more out there. I didn't get to know all of them because they're so they were in and out and, and at the. Uh, a lot of them were uh, preachers, and uh, of course, uh, you know, they, at meetings they wouldn't come over, introduce themselves, or you kind of, you know, after meetings everybody just leaves, and that's same thing there. What's your favorite KNON memory? Missed all the guys. I got to know quite a few of the uh, DJs and got friendly with them because I got the. Uh, saw them at the meetings and a lot of them uh, and I was pretty close to and then after I left I, it was kind of hard to leave kind of leave everybody behind and including you every time I one thing I remember about you every time I come up every time I go up there you'd be up there and just doing your show and I said Dave what you doing today and I said I've been out looking for a job and uh then I went up there one, uh, one day and I couldn't find out you were the manager. So I said, well, now you don't have to look for a job. Were you on the Canoan baseball team? Do you remember the Canoan no. baseball team? Yeah. I remember they had a picnic when that Jeff and his wife were there. Uh, they had a uh, little get-together, one of the parks in Dallas, but I think it was mainly Jeff and, and his wife and me and my wife and a few others, there, was, there weren't that many people out there, so I, th I think they quit having it. 
And during the uh, uh, the power change, uh, were you there when they had the uh, when we had a parade downtown? Yes, when we were uh, Criswell was trying to take our frequency. Yeah. Were you were you in the Canoan parade downtown? Yeah, uh, I had me and my wife and kids and a couple of their cousins were out there, so we walked. Okay. All the way to. I think it's uh, Little Mexico, all the way to City Hall. Then I'd walk all the way back to the car. A lot of people were at the Canoan Parade. I don't know what the uh, response was. I, don't, I didn't hear anybody uh, complain about it. How do you think the station was received when it started? It, uh, I think it's kind of slow. Uh, I think people were starting to, there wasn't that much publicity, and people was kind of word of mouth. Uh, and uh, it's kind of like, uh, it's about the way it started, just about, uh, about word of mouth from the, uh, the listeners. And KNON, especially in its early days, was notorious for its equipment and its equipment's uh, challenges. What's your best canoe equipment story? Probably the big board we had it uh, on Maple. Got the first one, uh, the one with the knobs. Uh, sometimes it'd work and sometimes it wouldn't. And uh, same thing with the tower. Sometimes the tower would go out and we had to wait until it went back on. And uh, I went up there one time, and a guy was, I remember what kind of music he was playing, but he had a portable uh, 8-track player, and he had it. He was playing a 8-track uh, on the air, but he had it uh, uh, hung by the mic so the mic could pick it up. And uh, that's how he done his show. An 8-track from a portable player placed up to the microphone. Yeah. That's a good equipment story. Yeah. I like that. What was your favorite artist interview or memory from Canaan? Uh, probably Doug Kershaw. Doug Kershaw? Yeah. Tell us about Doug Kershaw's visit. Yeah, I met him at uh, the Fairmont Hotel in Dallas and... Uh, I was surprised that I was able to do that, and uh, but uh, he was pretty willingly, and it was pretty interesting. What's your favorite KNON benefit memory? Mainly when I when I was able to uh, bring in a lot of money. Yeah, well, KNON thanks you to yeah. stay for that. Sometimes. Uh, Sometimes it was good, sometimes it was bad, and some of the bad times, I was uh, kind of about ready to give up. And uh, so I'd keep going, and uh, i say, well, I, had a, uh, I wouldn't bring in very much, but i said, well, maybe next time. And uh, sometimes I'd reach my goal, and sometimes I wouldn't. But it's, it was fun and kind of hard work at times. What was something you'd say during Pledge Drive that got people to call? 
that uh, show is going to be taken off the air if they didn't come up with some money and I had a goal to meet. If I didn't meet that goal, then I was going to be taken off the air. Or the station, the whole station was going to be closed. It's kind of typical. Some things never change. We still say that, uh, and it's still true. Well, good. Some of the DJs who really stood out to you and why? I don't know, probably uh, experience. Were there other Canoan DJs that you listened to? Uh, just whatever song. Sometimes I listen to him and uh, Jay Mack. They're just uh, mainly two I listen to. Why did you continue to do your show after KH, KCHU closed and you went to KNON? Why did you continue bringing that music? I, uh, of course, like any, any other show or any other music, uh, uh, the, uh, I was getting a lot of response and uh, a lot of, like I said, uh, there are a lot of things that, uh, that was spun off and uh, it was really uh, encouraging. And a lot of times, uh, whenever I'd go home to Louisiana, I'd uh, go around to a lot of the uh, record producers, and uh, sometimes they'd just see me coming and <laughs> knew what I wanted. So they'd give me a lot of promos. Why is the music so important to you? Right now, it's uh, it's pretty popular down in, uh, in, in uh, Louisiana. A lot of the old uh, the older musicians are dying off and they're trying to encourage a lot of the uh, younger people to, uh, to uh, play it and uh, uh, learn the uh, French language. So what does the music mean to you personally? What, what inspires you well, I've been listening to it, you might say, all my life. And uh, I liked it then, and I, and I still like it. I don't get tired of it. And it's uh, it was a lot of fun being able to uh, play it on the air and share it with other people. I had my first king cake when someone brought it to the studio for you. I had my first crawfish at a KNON benefit. What is your favorite first memory at KNON? One of the things that spun off was a Cajun social club here in this area. And what we would do is uh, they would have a get together at one of the parks, at some park in different areas and uh, they'd have uh, crawfish and, uh, and Cajun music at this uh, get-togethers. And of course, we had to, we had to buy the crawfish, and of course, and then the uh, music was free. So just uh, those crawfish balls uh, were good. Leif from Zydeco Blanco said in an interview, the first time he heard Zydeco, it was on your radio show. The first time I heard Zydeco and Cajun music, it was on your radio show. Do you know of anyone else who discovered the music through you? There's been a few uh, Zydeco artists come to the 
uh, come here in the area from uh, from Louisiana, and uh, I think uh, Rick was one that uh, kind of started the uh, Zydeco. What were some of the most memorable phone calls you got while you were on the air? I get a few of them once in a while to, to tell me, um, I don't like your music, and uh, they'd hang up. And uh, of course, I want to tell them if you don't like my music, you know, turn it off. But then I'd also think that, uh, say, well, you don't like my music, but uh, I got a lot of people over here on this other side that likes it a lot more than you do. So that's, that's why I continue to play it. Did you get a lot of good calls? Oh, yeah. What'd they tell you? Yeah, uh, some, of the, uh, some of the good ones was they tell me that, uh, you know, I really like your music. And, uh, or where can I get this? A lot of them say, where can I get this music? And, uh, of course, at that time, there wasn't, I don't think, there a lot of record shops here in the area that, uh, of course, there's one that I'm, I can't name that had it, but and I couldn't say it on the air either. But uh, a lot of records, uh, I think a lot of record shops didn't get it. Do you miss being on the air? Yeah. I missed it for a long time in the beginning, but I finally got over it. Do you have any advice for someone who may want to go into radio? Well, if they want to come here at KNON, they uh, prepare to do a lot of uh, do a lot of work, a lot of concentration. Uh, by work, I mean you know build your uh, show up, uh, do the best you can on the flash drive, and try to to uh, uh, reach that goal, and try to. Uh, get your listeners to uh, listen to you so they will support you. And we have Jim Bro, who hosts the Cajun Music Party. And I would like at this point to see if uh, Jim Bro might have any questions he'd like to ask. Jim? No, I think you've covered everything very well, but I just uh, want to mention how much I appreciate Leo basically lighting the fire in in my musical interest. Yeah, he's been my uh, inspiration and, and uh, development interest in this music. Uh, so you I, were one of those people that first I'm, heard Cajun and Zydeco on Leo's show? Yes, on the radio in Dallas. I had experienced and heard mu uh, Cajun and Zydeco music, swamp pop music, on trips to Louisiana. And it just is one of those things you heard it and go, it's like the song, where's this music coming from? And um, and then I said, hey, I know this guy plays this stuff on Monday nights. I can't go to Louisiana every weekend, or I, I'm lucky if I get to go there a couple of times a year. But I had a source for my desire to learn about that music through KNON, through Leo's mentorship. And uh, I just want to say every Monday night that I was able to Come and hang out with Leo was a was a learning experience. I think I probably pestered him. Oh, whenever he was off the mic, I was asking him questions about artists and music. How do you pronounce this word? What does this word mean? Uh, and and Leo was he was he was the open book that I went to. And uh, uh, so 
I would not be here if it were not for Leo. I would probably be a listener of KNON, but I wouldn't be here doing what I'm doing today uh, without uh, Leo's, uh, like I said, mentorship. He he he, he uh, tutored me along, and uh, the, as uh, he kind of came to the end of his uh, uh, career here at KNON, and by the way, Leo, you never. You're never off the you're never off the clock down here at Canaan, so just keep that in mind. Uh, but when he when he told me that he was about to retire, my heart sunk because without Leo, my Cajun and Zydeco, my Louisiana music education was gonna I was gonna lose that source. I was gonna it was gonna it wasn't gonna cease, but I was gonna lose that source that I could rely on every Monday night for two hours. But when Leo looked at me and he said you're going to be the guy that takes it over. I was, I, I don't know, I, I, I've never fainted before, Leo, but I think I came close to, uh, I said, Leo, I can't do this show. But he said, yes, you've been up here enough. You'll learn it. You're passionate about it. You're interested in it. You'll do fine. And uh, I figured we'd last about uh, six weeks. And here it is uh, rolling into our 11th year. And it's all built on the foundation that you began here at, at KNON and of course uh, before at KCHU, you're you're, you're the man, and uh, and I still get calls occasionally. What's Leo up to? And I said, he's just on the other end of the microphone listening to the show tonight. But uh, so what's what's your favorite memory of being in the studio with Leo? I don't know. There's so many. Um, well, we worked through a lot of pledge drives and talking about some of the phone calls that we received and. Uh, some were some were uh, good phone calls. Some were not so good. But uh, golly, what would be the? I, I just don't know. Uh, every Monday night was just a great experience. And like Leo, I came here after work, and I had to be at work the next day. Uh, but it was like it was like night school for me. And uh, but Leo taught me something about. What's always been since I've been a young person, teenager, even before adolescent, my desire to share music. And uh, that is something also that Leo has passed on to me. I've always loved sharing music that I enjoyed with people, whether it be blues, country, Cajun, Zydeco, um, jazz, whatever the genre of music is that I found and I enjoyed. I just love sharing music. And uh, I learned about sharing music from Leo. And from many of the other DJs, but being with Leo for two hours on a Monday night, maybe not every Monday night, but Monday nights, Monday night, Monday night, uh, one after the other, I learned a lot about sharing music from Leo. And to this day, Leo, though, I still cannot pronounce half the tunes that you played, but it'll come to me sooner or later. But uh, you developed a, a great uh, foundation uh, with the Cajun music here in the Metroplex, there's still people that are out there listening that listen to your show. Uh, they still have a great love for it. And then there's also people that call from time to time and go, what are you guys playing? Where do you get this music? Where's this music from? And uh, so, uh, yeah, we've, we, uh, you started a fire, and we've just kept it going. Kept it under control, but we've kept it going. So thank you, Leo. Thank you, Jim. I'm glad that you, uh, I don't think if you were willing or able at the time that you were asked, but uh, I appreciate you taking it over. Jim has put in a lot of time and hard work like I did. 
and uh, I hope that uh, whoever relieves him will do the same thing and uh, keep the show going because there are a lot of people out here that, that does not sh does not know about the show and uh, they'll probably be glad to uh, find out about it and as they find out about it uh, you know it'd be, uh, be better for the show and also while I'm at it I want to Anyway, I want to thank Dave for believing in me and keeping me all these years and uh, believing in me and believing in the show. And also, I want to thank my, uh, my family for putting up with me for uh, all those years and for the time I missed with them. And uh, also, uh, my co-workers. Uh, uh, sometimes I'd have to leave work to uh, come over and do the show. And uh, I've uh, left early uh, a lot of times on vacations to come out here. That's how devoted I was. I didn't think about it then, but I, I did after I left. And uh, I uh, really appreciate it. And uh, let's uh, hope to keep the, uh, the show going for quite a while. And uh, the uh, music in Louisiana is kind of... Uh, some people like the older type uh, music, and some people like the newer type. And that, uh, of course, it's, you have to play both of them to be able to uh, reach the listeners. Just whatever you, uh, just whatever you think, or whatever you play. Sometimes it could go one way or the other. Here we try to combine uh, everything, and try to, uh, and also. Uh, Talk about all the different kind of music, uh, including uh, Cajun country, kind of like uh, it's kind of a combination of Cajun and country music, or, or some of them they're translated, or they're, they'll sing in both languages. They'll sing in one and they'll translate it into the other. And uh, such as, like I mentioned before, Jimmy C. Newman, Doug, uh, Doug Kershaw, and because Doug's getting kind of old nowadays, and you don't hear too much about him. And Jimmy C. Newman died a couple of years ago. But their music is uh, still around. There's uh, still a lot of, uh, like I said, the swamp pop is kind of a kind of a Cajun and, uh, swamp pop music. Swamp pop came came around. Uh, the reason it's called swamp pop is, I think the English is one to translate it. They used to call it just. Uh, uh, pop music, then the, uh, the British heard it and said, well, that's, that's uh, swamp pop music, so it kind of stuck with them. And uh, also the band, uh, both Soleil, uh, it's a Cajun band, they also sing a lot of English, and uh, they were in, uh, in Paris, and uh, they were asked uh, what the name of the band was, and they couldn't pronounce what it was, they had said, so it, it Band-Aider got to looking around. He said, so it was always a beautiful day, and <clears throat> called it, and he said, oh, uh, Beau Soleil, which meant beautiful sun. So that music kind of stuck with him. Well, thank you for coming down to KNON today for this interview. You have inspired me from the first time I heard your show. Thank you for introducing me to Zydeco and Cajun music. When I think of Zydeco... I think of joy. Zydeco is the most fun you can ever have with your clothes on. 